the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. Kaiser Sose. I'll, I'll introduce Menachem and my mom. That's fine. But no, I'm just talking about how do I, like, what do I, do I call her Judy? Oh, Judy. Judy. Okay. Yeah. If you want to say the icon, that would be okay as well. Judy, Judy the icon. How does it feel being iconic instead as Judy? You can definitely ask her that. <laughs> this would be a good one. You what? This would be a good one. Especially yeah. if you're leading in with Billy Joe. Turn it off, Alexa. Yeah, turn off Maybe. Alexa. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was playing from Alexa. What's the difference? So then we'll play right here. It's, it's loud enough. He wants an entrance song. I don't have the licensing for that. Does he know how to beatbox? Come on in, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Okay. This is Noam. Hi, Noam. Hi, Judy. Nice to meet you. It's going to be. It's going to be a panel. Treesome. Treesome. It's exactly what it's called. Thank you. Treesome. When it's your family. (laughs) A true treesome. A true. A treesome. Got it. A treesome. Three is the magical number to defend against demons. It says so in the Talmud. Way to bring in the Talmud so quickly when my mom is sitting here. Dropping the T word sure. already. Noam, you're That's on Noam. it. That's Noam. I know. I met Noam. Thank you. So today we've got, we're going to do a family episode. Oh, this is already recording. Is yes, it, it is. Okay, yes, it's already recording. Maybe. I've got my brother Menachem, a returning guest. It's true. You're not yes. in the picture. Again, this the no, video doesn't matter. Picture. And my mom. <laughs> My mom is here to join us, Judy Kaiser. First timer. First timer, long time listener, listener, first first time time caller. (laughs) (laughs) JDP Virgin over here. Okay. Uh, Menachem, why don't you give an intro? Tell us a little bit about mom. No one could tell mom, like mom. Uh oh. (laughs) Can you really encapsulate an icon so quickly? So, this is not my mother's first foray into internet fame, as this will undoubtedly be. (laughs) We're launching you. (laughs) <laughs> well, want to tell the story nah. mom you want to tell the story i'll tell the story okay I'll let you know. here we go this, what's the subject of this Zoom goal? okay we'll anything story. we all want right. yeah <laughs> all right so here's my lovely daughter Pacheva, and my handsome son menachem Smarter, smarter son. <laughs> Just get it um, out now. Which both of whom are about. single at the moment. That's <laughs> <laughs> the salient detail of the conversation. <laughs> no, it's just an intro. No, this is just an intro to the story. This is just an intro to the story. <laughs> That's the so foundation you, we're laying. You, may, you can make him a little louder. Yeah. Good yes. um, you may know of Menachem's foray into fame. I've been using the word foray. I don't know. I mean, now we all have done it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, does, do you know about he's a, he's a writer. Writer. writer? Whatever. Let's Menachem okay. write a book. It got a lot of attention. Let's move <laughs> right. on. Okay. Is <laughs> not that jealous that about that attention whatsoever. Let's not at all. Please. What do we mean by attention? It's, it's an interview, not out. group therapy. Okay. It's group therapy. 
the book came out last March, which was right in the thick of COVID. You know, we keep thinking we're getting out of it, but at that time, now normally what would happen when the book is launched is that Menachem would be sent on um, book trips, book, you know, tour. Book, book event, a book, a book tour, tour uh, to various states, or even different countries, because it was being published by other countries as well. Um, however, because of COVID, he had many, many events, but they were all on Zoom. So as a proud mother, I mean, I looked at that as a positive. I can come to them, as many of them as I want. And in the beginning, I did come to many. And he, he just really did us really proud. He was amazing. And, uh, you know, he has a great story. He wrote a great book, and he always presented it very well. The Zoom events, though, as I came on more and more often were always a little bit different. Some of them were very formal. Some of them were very casual. Some of them had all the guests, you know, in there coming up with their own comments. Others just had question time at the end, you know, you could put it into the chat. Um, so one that I happened to watch after about, you know, being in like 10, 15 of them, at the very end, this moderator who was a younger woman, um, after all the serious questions had been answered, said, hey, Menachem, so, are you married? No. What are you talking no. about? No, oh. no, no, no. Someone else. That, that was, and, and he answered no. The question that the one before that, the one before that. Don't correct my story. You have your own story. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. And it suddenly dawned on me. I'm listening. Me that. Just, you know, I'm just, listening. Uh, this is the pre-story. How, story. Story. How much time do we have? Hours, uh, hours. Uh, just uh, let's go back to 19, the 80s. It dawned on me that all these events are really about, Menachem. the book is about Menachem. It's about him, his, his inner mm. thoughts and his psyche. And of course, whoever is moderating it introduces him and talks about his academic history. And, and how he grew up. He is. Well, that, that they don't have to say because it's already on the that, screen. Right? They talk about the family. They, they talk about, you know, we're a part of the book. So people who have read the book and or come to any of these events really get to know Menachem pretty well. And after the moderator asked that question, I said, you know, that is a very important part of aspect of him that nobody else has addressed. And I thought that was important to know that My he's single. Loneliness. <laughs> that was the most important his part. Loneliness. His loneliness. His loneliness, his loneliness my, needs my, to be more broadcast. So, inspiration. So <laughs> not enough people were aware. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a happy person. Right, but does everybody really know? <laughs> by the way, there are many reasons to get married. Happiness is only one of them. <laughs> Hold that thought. We will right? get back to that. Yeah, let's tackle that. We want to hear the other reasons to get married. <laughs> so after that event, I said to Menachem, you know, I think it's important that your audience, which is rapidly growing, knows that you're single because we do want, you know, we want to get you married. And here you've got a, a Jewish audience in cities all over the country. Isn't it silly that nobody has raised that before? Do you mind if in the next event it's not raised that I raise it? He said, sure, mom, go ahead, whatever you want. All right, the next event was, can I say specifically what it was? It was a, a synagogue in Teaneck and uh, the moderator was a little bit more serious, more, you know, formal. Um, Teaneck, yeah. However, everybody's faces were on the screen. So I don't know how many, like 60, 70 people there. No, 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 it was over a hundred. It was a big one, it was a big one. Um, and there was a discussion, a very literary academic discussion. And, and, and then um, the middle, she said, in the meantime, if you have any questions, just put them in the chat. So I said, okay, nobody can speak, but I will formulate some way of letting people know. So I said, I don't have a question, but I do have an answer for those of you who may be wondering. 
Yes, he's single. <laughs> As I put that up, I intended to wait until the very end, but somehow my, pre my finger pressed enter and there it was on the screen. And I looked at everyone's face. I looked at Menachem's face. I looked at the moderator's <laughs> face. Not a grin, not a, not a chuckle. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's not funny. I wouldn't intend to be funny. I really just want people to know about it. <laughs> There's really nothing funny but I about thought, it. I thought <laughs> maybe it was totally inappropriate and mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done it. So I just kind of slid into my seat and didn't say anything more. And the moderator ignored it. No comment, nothing. After that event, Menachem, we, after the events in the beginning, anyway, Menachem would call and we would chew them over. And this one, he called and said, oh, the moderator chatted with me, sent me a text afterwards that a few people, I don't know, it was more than one, mentioned something about a shidduch, a match for him. Uh -oh. <laughs> and, but she just ignored it. That's not her thing. Okay, so that was that. But we know that the hundred odd people, 150 people who were on that chat saw that, but no, no response. <laughs> Next morning, eight o'clock in the morning, which is early for me, Manaka calls me. Well, no, I, I took a screenshot of it. Well, I, that's what I didn't know that. I'm talking from my perspective. Oh, okay. Ma, do you have a Twitter account? I said, <laughs> I have a Twitter account, but really never use it. Um, all right, so yeah, you, I just needed my Twitter account to get onto his Twitter account sure. and to see that <laughs> he had taken a screenshot of that question and it was going absolutely viral we were watching the numbers at that point it was ten thousand, but mm. all day long we watched it went wow. up to over the next 48 hours it hit ninety-five thousand likes i had hundreds of comments oh, then wow. it went on Insta someone and put then it on instagram someone instagram with millions millions okay um and then he gets a call from some journalist in england who wants to write a piece on this it's like a like <laughs> What, what, what a piece on a mom trying to get her son. Well, Judy, Ju she became Judy the icon. <laughs> Judy the icon, the ultimate Jewish mom. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much it. It's my 15 minutes of fame. But I, I did have. We're some giving you an extension of time right oh. here. There's more than 15 minutes. I, I did have an interesting observation though, and I found that most of the comments were pretty positive. Um, you know, they, they said, oh, I wish, I, can you be my mom for a day or, you know, Judy the icon or whatever. However, there were some that were people horrified. Oh, yeah. That, is that with my mom? I'd never speak to her again. Or my favorite one is my parents don't even know my status, you know. Right. Um, and I said, why is it that, you know, it's so polarized that some people really liked it and other people were horrified by it, but everybody reacted to it. And by looking at where the comments were coming from, the people, the names or the pictures or the countries, I saw that it was divided between ethnic people, whether they're Jewish or Italian, I'm serious, you can go over and look at that. Um, Vietnamese or China, any ethnic people. We're going by names alone. Um, getting by names or comments. And non-ethnic people. And non-ethnic people, right. And just the white. ethnic people. <laughs> yeah. I'm so scared about what is going to come out of your mouth. You're going to go on a lot of What's a non-ethnic person? Did you in um, more American? Oh my God. White. White American. This is scary. I'm honestly having a heart attack. You can, you can edit this out. I gave you the option to be next week. You can be between ethnic people and me. I'm sorry. Is ethnic not a politically correct word? I think we're no, squirting it right. Fine. We're like right in the line right there is what we're doing. All right. I won't say it. So anymore. your observation is that ethnic people are more traditional in the sense that their parents are perhaps more involved in their 
you know, getting married process, not to the sense that they will match them up and bring them under the canopy sight unseen, but at least they know what they're doing. Or maybe they'll even listen to a parent's suggestion as opposed to people who, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They may love their parents. They may call their mom every day, but they don't Um, consider this any part of their business. This is an amazing segue into talking about... (laughs) Judaism and divorce and how much a parent should be involved in their children's dating life. Oh, I thought how much they should be involved in their divorce. That too. Or that <laughs> or life in general okay. or parenting. We can choose. But yeah, you, you've, you raised some interesting points already, mom. One of them being happiness is only one reason people should get married. Maybe we should go back to that. Okay. Also, keep in mind, my mom has been married for how many years? What are you going on? 48 years. 48. 48. 47 and a half years. One husband. (laughs) (laughs) Same guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long my parents were married when we interviewed them for the show. We had no summer. Are they still married? Yeah. (laughs) They were holding out for the interview. (laughs) Okay, good. Thank God. (laughs) Okay. We did the interview. We're good. See you later. (laughs) 48 years. Then you also hopefully have a model of what a good marriage is. No one's also divorced. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So whatever model, it wasn't work for you. Just have to, you know, listen, the first part of it is you have to, you have to find the right person. So what does that mean? First of all, first comes marriage, then comes divorce. That's the order. (laughs) We all know right now that, like, you know, finding the right person is a matter of having a mother who's willing to go viral simply to find that person for you. That is true. I got, you know, how many dates I got out of it? How many? How many? (laughs) But how many? More about you or about your mom? He got a lot of offers. But you wouldn't like those. No, I wouldn't like. Some of them were for men. Even for or from 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 men. Yeah. Well, you weren't clear what his sexual orientation was. Ten percent were from men. Next time you need to be. I'm still not clear what your sexual orientation is. Neither are many. Why would I want to clarify it? I just think as a Jewish mom, which which was obvious, I was a Jewish mom. I think it was pretty obvious that I was advocating for Uh, a girl. Some Jew. I'm gonna put this out there. It was no. I I I think yeah. But men. No, a lot of men contacted me. Did they really? Well, they just thought you're cute. Well, you are well dressed. <laughs> you I are well dressed. Is that what he said? Yeah, but she thinks that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Excuse me, which of those words have air quotes around it?" <laughs> well, dressed. <laughs> Luckily, you're wearing your turquoise pants. So I mean. <laughs> Sell them, Judy. Sell them right now to all the people listening. I'm not people shy. People are listening. We've got some divorcees. But they can't see me. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you tell them? Why would wearing? you embarrass me like that, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait. So, what are the other factors other than happiness that somebody should be looking for when dating or getting well, married? Well, I think that people who have gotten divorced have usually figured that out. That Absolutely they might have been looking not. for the wrong things mm-hmm. when they first got married. Um, obviously the first thing is attraction. Um, the first thing that's the most important thing to look for in a significant other. Um, the most important thing. Yes. So was that the first thing that you noticed about daddy? Oh, Oh, absolutely. He's very good looking. man. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay. I mean, that's, that's a whole other podcast. You can do the story of how we met. Yeah. But I kind of chose among three guys, three friends there, and Daddy was... That was the defining characteristic? Between... That was the first characteristic. Okay. It's not the end of it. Um, I do happen to believe that similar backgrounds go a long way towards helping people be compatible with each other um, because there's a common understanding and you know how your life is going to go. I mean, that doesn't mean there will always be differences, but if we start off with as many similarities as possible, you are then minimizing the differences and minimizing the potential for problems to arise. Judy, were you set up on a shidduch? Hmm. Yes, but not with my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I met him on, a, on my own. I met him like I, we considered God to have been our, our shadchan, our matchmaker. And, uh, but we were young. It was a marriage born of scandal. It's not, not exactly scandal, but it was very, it was very, very happenstance, just very, uh, an unlike, unlikely confluence of events, if you will. Um, I happened to be 17 years old. It was like just after my high school year and we were in Israel. And as soon as I got back to New York, I started to go out, you know, for what they call tachlis, which means purpose the real purpose of going out is get married but he was always in the back of my mind so um I wasn't raised so strictly that the idea of meeting a guy on my own was you know not possible abhorrent abhorrent, abhorrent. The, way, the way we were raised abhorrent. I went to a to Brooklyn College where there were many orthodox singles and many of them met their matches there on their own without a shot that was very, um, that was certainly acceptable in those days. Today's a little bit harder. So there was no, like, he didn't have to go to your father and say something like, even a poor tailor deserves a little bit of happiness. <laughs> you mean to get them to agree to my husband? Yeah, I'm quoting Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I will say that from the, between the time my, I, I met my husband and the time we actually got engaged, which was a period of almost four years, my grandparents passed away. Mm. Oh, really? This is important. And when my grandparents were alive, they were extremely traditional and very much involved in the matches of my sis, my si older siblings and any cousins who got married before me. Mm. So it was really the first. Had they still been alive when uh, I brought my husband home to meet my parents and them, <laughs> um, I have no idea what would have happened. They they would have probably just done a thorough background check, but the the whole way we met wouldn't have been acceptable. I said no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, there was nothing wrong with the family. They maybe yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Menachem, just so everyone knows, since we're on audio, Menachem. No, it's fine. I made a noise. I want to know if they're financially they stable. They happen to have been a very good family. And um, during that time, my husband actually um, developed a, quite a nice bond with my, with my mom. He would come over and I would go out to work and he'd sit and, with my mom and talk about music and literature. My so, dad was playing the long game. He, <laughs> he was playing it right. My mom would go out, do with one another dates, go out <laughs> to the apartment. And my dad would sit at home with his potential future mother-in-law, do her homework. He, I wasn't he going out right. on dates, but no, but he definitely um, had no objection to, there was no objection to my marrying him. And, um, you know, in the end, I think they would be, they're not alive anymore, but 
they would be very proud with um, sure. who he has so, become and who our children have become. We'll get to your children okay. shortly. <laughs> so, and we'll see who's, who's still proud of them. Who's still proud of whom is a great, the fun game we like to play. Um, what do you think is the secret to the longevity and success of your marriage? Okay. Aside from what I already mentioned, a lot of common background. No, specifically you, not in general. What, how did you last so many years? I think we have a, a lot of common interests and enough different interests so that we have enough time to spend together. I mean, obviously we're together all the time, but we have enough interests that take us into other areas. Um, it just gives us enough alone time to be ourselves. I will confess that about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I don't know when my husband actually moved his office into the house, <laughs> didn't want to rent an office anymore. I was a little bit concerned because there was no more, you know, honey, I'm home because <laughs> sure. he was home all the time. Um, but we're very fortunate that we have a large enough house and, uh, you know, we each staked our claim in different areas and <laughs> it's, it's worked. I, I don't know. I think that, um, my husband really knows, you know, who's right all the time. <laughs> That's a big help. He's very, he's very, he's obviously. <laughs> yes. Right. It's me. <laughs> he understands that. Um, he is a pretty strong personality, but he's an extremely giving personality. And in the end, nothing is worth it to him. Nothing, you know, to give up any good feelings for, there was, there was nothing, there were no arguments that we ever had that were worth, God forbid, separating over. I was um, saying, we never really saw a real fight. I never saw a real fight. Have you ever seen a real fight? Like a fight, like an argument. Mommy doesn't fight. I don't give in either. <laughs> that is true. Right. That is true. Fighting, no giving in. But she's so, not a passionately angry, like anger, overt anger yeah, is not a yeller. I don't one get of her it. vices. I, so but daddy doesn't yell, seldom. like he'll be like, dog, you're late. And or something but he gets more overtly frustrated and so there is conflict and tension but there isn't a back and forth in no, the way some other we never saw we saw remember when we saw i don't know if that's healthy who knows but when yeah. we saw i mean i know we saw a fight from our siblings one of our siblings and her spouse yes and we were traumatized like we had never seen a married couple fight before like that. and that's why he's still not married wait right? traumatized <laughs> by you or by his sibling by his sibling, why oh, would you be traumatized? <laughs> Clearly, there's nothing that, that is tough. That is tough to see. But I, you know, I don't think that seeing a, a couple fight should turn you off marriage. It should just make you aware that there are certain things you have to look for and certain things you have to avoid. No, but you need. There is conflict in every relationship. Absolutely. So it is healthy to model healthy conflict. It's also, also it comes down to. Yeah. It also comes down to picking your battles. You know. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, things every little thing is very important, and certainly there was much more conflict when we were younger. Really, of course. Like what? Should we have a fourth? <laughs> <laughs> I think no, I once. I'm a boy. They're boys. They're the boy. I think I once got upset with Daddy because he didn't know how much money we had in our bank account, like something ridiculous like that, which to me, you know, at the time. Seems of like a valid uh, Wait, reason to fight. But... Do you know how much money we have in the bank? You know? <laughs> no, no, I don't even know. <laughs> so, what was 
what was something that was challenging? So uh, something that, you know, you were able to get through hard times because you didn't, you picked your battles, you didn't, you, you had shared values, you understood the differences between spending time together and spending time apart. What were some things that were hard? Uh, we both have a very different sense of timing and scheduling. True. That is, we have learned to not conform to each other. We still do, but we've learned to to live with it. You know, like we have, even in terms of just getting up and going to sleep. But in terms of, it's actual... become farther and farther apart over the years. <laughs> um... <laughs> in terms of actionable advice, would you have advice to younger couples or people starting out relationships? Not your children, because we wouldn't listen. Oh, but are we talking about <laughs> advice, choosing people, or no, no, no. once it's, you're married? Once you're once married, you're married or in a, uh, no, I'm, once you're married. Well, you see, you can avoid a lot of arguments by right. choosing the right person to begin with. All right. Okay, Again. so here's an excellent question. Yes. If I do, say, if so, I do myself. say so myself, choosing the right person usually requires getting to know somebody quite well. Right. However, uh -oh. in the orthodox world, <laughs> dating for a long time or dating in situations where you really get to know somebody like living together um, inhibits getting to know somebody in those capacities. Um, you could date for a long time. We dated for a long time. Uh -huh. Okay. So yes, you, there are Orthodox sects where they really you don't know each other. You did not want me to date for a long time. That's a long time. Longer you... than five months. Um, if you, if you, go out very frequently with a guy over a five month period, you should, and, and you go, you know, you um, spend time with him in different contexts, interacting with other people in other situations, and you meet his family and he meets yours several times, you will probably have a better idea. I can't say that um, there was anything very specific or very, you know, uh, just very upsetting that I learned about daddy before, but when you, uh, after we married that I didn't know before. I when you're dating somebody for five months and you're having these constructed dates, it's date time, you're mm -hmm. not really living real life. So you're, you're seeing somebody kind of put on their best, get dressed, come out, put on their game face. You can extend that for a few months because you're not really engaged in day-to-day -day challenges or realities of life. And I mean, you, of course you get to know somebody better over five mm -hmm. months, but you don't really get to know somebody. I don't think you ever really get to know somebody 100% ever. All right. Everybody has their inner secrets or whatever it is. But I think at a certain point in time in our lifestyle, you say, okay, this person has similar values, similar background. Um, the thing I have my checklist of 10 things. She checks off eight of them really well, you know, and I'm being realistic. And I enjoy being with her. And even more important than that, I like myself when I'm with her. That is a big one. That, that, is, a is, that is a very important thing. And I think that was my biggest criteria as well. Because how do you know if you like someone? I say it's messed me up though sometimes. I, you know, because you like yourself all the time or never enough. No, no, because some people I just actually, I think I'm having a good time, but actually I'm just enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. This has happened quite a few times with me. You mean you're not enjoying her? You're just enjoying yeah, yourself? Yeah, like she's completely irrelevant. You're just, and I'm just having a great time because I'm being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so interesting advice. This is a podcast about divorce. So I think you have a valuable perspective of being 
the mom of like having gone through divorce as a mother of someone going through divorce or a grandparent um what right. yeah what's your perspective on that so i think um for us who are only one generation removed from a time when divorce was a major scandal and really you know it was a big stigma it, we were sort of right in between we're coming in, it, when it first happened our first daughter got divorced got divorced like 13 years ago almost exactly to the day or not divorced but separated at that point divorce took many years longer um the tendency the tendency would have been okay let's just do it quietly let's you know or not do it let's try to go to therapy let's do everything we can to keep this marriage together but because we had an inside look into what was actually going on at a certain point we realized it wasn't tenable anymore and we became 1000 percent supportive of the divorce and helping our daughter go through it well hold on I, let, let me ask you know a lot of the Shev and I have talked about part of the reason why people flee, you know, close friends and maybe even some family when you're going through a divorce is because they're afraid of the divorce juju, right? Like it getting on them um, and like will it in fact impact their own marriage and their own relationships. Um, and then also, you know, what does it say about their own relationships? Like, do they take a moment to look back on their own, you know, marriages that they're in and say like, is it really the way I thought it was? And they don't want to break that fantasy. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to know if it reflected on you in any way, like their divorce. Did you step back and say, what does this say about me and my marriage? Well, me as a, as a mom, I mean, you're the yeah, mother. That too. Um, I was always very, very careful uh, when my daughters were dating, not to say, marry this guy. Maybe there were guys we said, don't marry, <laughs> but we never, and, and the, my reason for that was if it doesn't go well, I don't want to be the one responsible. Did you think that I, that was I, a I, real possibility? That if it doesn't uh, go well? It could happen. Um, listen, my own sister was divorced sure. and I, I saw what that did to my parents. What did it do? What did it do? My mother was not a well woman to begin with. And mm -hmm. uh, the stress, it, it, we're talking about the generation for which it was a terrible scandal and right. stigma. Right. And it was also a very broadly broadcast, widely broadcast event um, involving a powerful family. Mm. Um, it was devastating. So uh, we took a very different role in it, in, in our, our daughter's divorce, but the attitudes had changed. Um, we also were in a situation where you, you can't keep it quiet, you know, like you, you, Wait, made... you were saying that you didn't encourage your, your children who they should marry. Right because this way my child can't come to me and say, first of all, I didn't know for sure who would be a good match or not. Like, you know, we do whatever homework we had to do, we did. Sure. Beyond that, it's up to the kids. So um, we only met our ex-son-in-law, the <laughs> first one, <laughs> both of them actually, when they were just about engaged. You know, it was just like bringing him home to meet the parents. Dying. The, it wasn't the first time you met him was, was when they were engaged? Uh, or just about, about to get engaged. Okay. My daughter was living in New York at the time and we were in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, so she brought him home at that. So they were dating from New York. That was talking my, about my older sister. Yes. Right, right. You also dated pretty much from New York. Mm -hmm. 
um what was what were, what were we talking about what well no master if you reflected on how it affected your perception as a mom you know you know did i have it, failings it, here it feels like a little bit of a failure you know you do want to bring up your children to be happy yeah. and this divorce was not making them happy you know or, or us um so i would say if, you know I, I didn't feel responsible for it but i felt very very sad about it and um you know i don't know there's no way you, could, you know anyone who's divorced knows they probably couldn't have avoided it just an interesting my father used to kind of half jokingly say that there needs to be a support group for the parents of the people going through divorce because it is a process for them and a traumatic process as well especially if it's your child grappling with those issues of how have i failed or what could i do or what should i or should i not do and it is often overlooked you know you're not the center exactly. at center stage they're almost insignificant in it however they are deeply affected by by the process in the same way going back to the original opening story with my being involved in trying to get my son married um yeah we stay involved okay i think we have there's investment there exactly we have a vote we have a very close relationship and it's not like okay now you're married you're on your own right. you know please produce some grandchildren and you know we'll see you in the holidays drop them on the way out <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I'll be over Thursday for dinner and we'll talk about all the babies. <laughs> I also think it's fair to say that there's, you know, grief involved if you're thinking about grandchildren, right? And and that's a huge part of Orthodox life, I think, right? And, and knowing that your children are having grandchildren and that there will be future generations, you then potentially have to come to grips with maybe they won't have grandchildren if they've gone divorced prior to that, um, or, you know, that the grandchildren are going to be impacted by the divorce in some way, right? There's a wrestling that you have to do. In our case, that was the case. There were grandchildren. And of course, that was number one concern. How are the children, their children, going to be impacted by that? And I have to say, it's it's tough. I mean, the, the kids suffer. There's hardly, I mean, you know, the, the best divorce I can think of is my this daughter's divorce. Um, and hopefully her children will come out. She did something right, Sheva. She did something right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I have six favorite children. Well, so come on. You, <laughs> you have an opportunity now. Two of your children are sitting here. Mm -hmm. Which one do you love the best? <laughs> Which one do you love more? No, that's not going to be answered. This, how do you measure love? Oh my how, gosh. How do you how measure do you love? Measure by determining guess, which one I guess you can measure love for of a parent for a child, you know, in almost the same way as between spouses. Like, how happy are you when you're with them? And they make you happy. How oh, happy do okay. my children make me? <laughs> so it is quantifiable. I, I, um, you know, it, it's 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 part of it. You invest in the relationship. There's no relationship you invest in more than than parenthood. So yes kids can do stuff to make you angry and not your kids yes they can what but that doesn't have anything to do with how much you love them right it's True. uh you know when you're dating someone if you're going out with a guy who's making you angry all the time you're not going to go through with the relationship but you, then when you get married you're invested in that relationship all right so yes you can get angry but you learn ways to deal with it doesn't mean you love them less. And I think that's true for kids as well. 
Well, it's a different relationship dynamic. Uh, obviously, but just that aspect of it, that it's it's an unconditional, more unconditional than That is than all marriage. I wanted to hear. I wanted you to come on and publicly say that <laughs> love is unconditional <laughs> and we have it recorded. I think love is unconditional. Perfect. Between, Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say anything after that. <laughs> I'm talking about comparing it to a marriage, though. With a marriage, it's always conditional, because if with this this bad behavior on one or both sides, right. Right. marriage can end. But a parent-child relationship, that is unconditional. There's the nothing your children could do that would stop their lo your love from getting to them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you had to think about that one. Let me just run down no, the quick I don't know if I list. want to bring this up, but there, I mean, my kids didn't do anything terrible, but there was a, a terrible, horrible um, story story in, in, in Ontario about 20 years ago of a serial rapist killer who was being aided by his wife. And they were a young, gorgeous couple, um, just luring young teenage girls and, and killing them in horrific ways. Um, they even did this to her sister. Oui. Right. So when this happened, I mean, if they, if she ended up getting some kind of a plea deal and he's still sitting in jail. Um, but I always wondered, what are her parents, what was their attitude towards her? She's their child. You know, there is something called unconditional love. But she, her actions caused, she didn't directly murder her sister, oh, but true. her actions yeah. caused the murder. I, I guess something like that. I, I, you know, I don't even know because she's still their child. I, I don't, I, I would love to know what their relationship is if they do have anything to do with each other today, if that's even possible. But for the most part, for normal people, <laughs> barring, normal people <laughs> barring an incident like that. Practice <laughs> your other child. <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of anything a child would do. Judy, pop to... quiz. Some, which one of them kills the other? Sheva kills Menachem, Menachem kills Sheva. Which one are you going with? Uh, pop quiz. I'd probably kill you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But how would you feel about it, Judy? Would you still love Sheva? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 the same way I'm wondering about about the parent of this this woman, if that if I were in that situation, how about you? How would you feel? <laughs> I'm not I'm not in the hot seat here. I'm the host, <laughs> the guest. Um, you could put that question out there to your guests. What if it was Menachem? What if it was a different sibling? <laughs> <laughs> could you love a child if they murdered another of your children? Or, or if they were even a murderer, or you know, like oh, if they were a really literally a bad person. Yes, but, uh, I don't know if that's worth a thought. Let's get back on divorce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How to make divorce seem upbeat and happy? Absolutely. <laughs> Parent next to that. Well, Judy, Judy, I'm curious to know, like, did your parenting shift when Sheva and your other daughter got divorced? You know, in the way that you parented them prior. Well, well I'm going to interject here. <laughs> Okay. Because we do have different perspectives. I don't believe she should be parenting me after at my yeah. age. Well, but what does parenting look like then after divorce in that way, right? Because there's still so a I guess parent, it depends like you how you define parenting, that. right? Like okay. I'm hearing parenting is right disciplining or that's not uh, what I mean. No, I mean in a completely adult context, right? How did your relationship with them would, as a parent shift post-divorce? Uh, 
Macheva is a little bit different because she, no, you know, you didn't allow us to be in, we were not as involved with your whole mm. marital situation as it was going down the drain. <laughs> um, it came as, you know, more of a shock to us. Um, and we tried to be as supportive of you, you know, as we could in any way that we could, judging by the 90 page brief that I wrote for your <laughs> case. <laughs> um, that's has, for the it has it changed? You know, like it, 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 it has changed uh, this. We can have an open, honest conversation. Yes. It's been a, I will, you I, can correct me if I'm wrong. My life choices post-divorce have been difficult. So the divorce, it seems as a catalyst in their minds for me making these changes. And it's an easy kind of blaming marker of when things did for me. Yeah. So I think that's been hard for them. Yeah. I don't know if it kind was like if you weren't getting, if you didn't get divorced you wouldn't have made these other decisions. If I didn't get married, if you didn't get married, <laughs> if you were never born, Sheva, we wouldn't be in this position to begin with. So what do you? But I marry who I married. That, that's how it they was. Feel. Uh, it was uh, in retrospect, I can see that it was a long process that you know we may not have been privy to. Um, you know, as as much as we were with our other daughter, but I think relationship is pretty good. A plus. Nachum, <laughs> thumbs up. Put your thumbs up. <laughs> so, any, any other any, any other, other gems about about divorce, marriage, love, happiness? I mean, so Judy, is it you know? Um, you, you said that the divorce wasn't bringing her happiness, and so therefore it's painful to see her go through it, right? You don't want to see your children in that position. Is it possible to also see it as? divorce that is bringing her sense of happiness and that also I, I don't think I said that divorce wasn't bringing her happiness I think in both cases the divorce maybe didn't bring them joy but you know in the sense that whatever it was that was making them happy and unhappy and miserable in their marriage the divorce freed them from that mm. um and of course I I rejoiced with them. I would put that in quotation marks, um, you know, at that prospect and that they were given, you know, another chance to start, to start anew. Yeah. It's, it's the pain, like recognizing that there's joy beyond it, but that painful process is hard to watch for kind of, and kind of from the sidelines. Right. I, I do think that the fact that our kids knew that they didn't have to go through this alone, and my husband especially was extremely hands-on, you know, he's hands-on father, hands-on um, father-in-law to some extent, not so much. Um, and when, when they needed our help, we were there for them in, in every respect. So I think that strengthened the bond, definitely. No, you have a sibling who's divorced also? No, I'm, I'm okay. the black sheep, I'm one of four, the I'm, I'm okay. the only one who's divorced, yes. Because I, it, it does have an effect. Following my sister, I, I remember when she first said, came out that she was getting a divorce. And I was like, oh, God, she, she stole my thunder. Now I can't get divorced. <laughs> like it felt like two would be too much for my parents to mm -hmm. handle. And so I kind of held out, pushed it a little bit longer. But that was definitely a consideration of, of can more than one of us get divorced? Is that too much shame to bring upon the family? Um, not that it would have eventually stopped me if there really was no hope in the marriage. I, I couldn't have stayed, but it was part of the thought process, a factor. a factor of 
of, oh, wow, okay, now I'm following that. And what, what is this going to do to my parents? So you see, I did care. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Around eight years ago. <laughs> you did something right again. No, I didn't because I got divorced, <laughs> but I thought about not. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it is so common today and, you know, even in our circles, many young people make mistakes or their parents make the mistakes for them and uh, they get divorced. And it's, it's always very sad, but it's not unheard of. And the stigma is certainly not the way it used to be. Like it's, it's, it's nothing that, you know, we aim for, but sometimes it's unavoidable. And um, we don't feel any shame, as, as you were saying. You know, we just- Not too much shame. Not. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this, is divorce a mitzvah? In some cases, in very rare cases, I would say yes. I mean, but, but somebody in a terrible marriage situation should ask that of their rabbi who, you know, or, or who is also a good counselor and can counsel them on this. There are rabbis who will say to people, yes, you should get divorced. Disclaimer, also maybe a therapist or a marriage counselor yeah. might also be somebody worthwhile checking in. Right, no, but he said specifically a mitzvah, not only the right thing. Right. Well, but I mean, it, yeah, it's I mean, not a yeah. sin. It's not a sin to get divorced. Ever. Well, that, right. I mean, is it a commandment, right? In that way, right? Is it a mitzvah? And then is it also colloquially speaking, a good thing to do? In rare occasions. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not something, okay, I'm getting married now and I'll, you know, another six months, I'll try into someone else. We don't plan for that. Right. Um, certainly we, we take marriage very seriously. Right. Yeah. And for some reason, even though in, in our circles, the young people don't get to know each other as well as you think they should before they get married. They do not live together before they get married. There is not a higher rate of divorce among them than there is among the general population. But you don't know if there's a higher rate of unhappiness. But you don't know that there isn't, or you know, they, they may be even happier because we know that their backgrounds are so similar and their values are in line with each other. But we so, do also know that the sexual revolution has allowed people to test out partners prior to marriage, which does seem to be a little bit of a, a opportunity for success in marriage in that way, right? That might, Not according know. to this lady. Well, but that's, you, that's just what I'm saying, to, right? You would and have to go to you would have to go to studies and see whether among all the people who got divorced, what proportion of them lived together prior to getting married to even make a statement one way or another. I don't sure. know. Well, this is a good opportunity to plug my what my mom does do now to help yeah. those who want to get married. She is a what's called a match mentor. Ooh. Tell us about being a match Please. mentor. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with dating sites. Yes. Okay. And they're Jewish, apps now. They're apps now, right? Yeah. So there are many Jewish dating sites. Um, in which it's kind of like a catalog, you know, you look through the pictures. We're familiar. You're familiar, right. No, but I want to distinguish that. <laughs> My from thumbs are well aware. Are you familiar with Saw You at Sinai? Yes, are you familiar with Field? No. <laughs> I'm not. Ask Menachem all about it. <laughs> okay, you'll tell me later. It's, it's a dating site, but it's different from the others in the sense that the clients don't browse through right. uh, potential matches. Um, Does it but, happen randomly and the Kadosh Baruch Hu just brings them together? 
No, no, you get matchmakers. Yeah. God is taken out of the equation and you have a matchmaker. <laughs> God is definitely work. in the equation, but <laughs> he, needs a, he needs a messenger. So, <laughs> and, um, so there are matchmakers to whom clients are assigned or the, the clients choose those matchmakers and those, cl- those matchmakers do searches for them, uh, for, for their clients. When they find someone who is potentially a good match, uh, she or sometimes he or very often it's a couple who's the matchmaker will send out the uh, suggestion to both parties either the guy first or the girl first or both at the same time um, and then potentially there's a match there um, then depending on the couple depending on their background and by the way saw you at Sinai deals with people from across the Jewish spectrum um, they the matchmakers are there to I've had guys ask me, where should I take her? And this is not a 20 year old guy, like a 35 year old guy um, in a city that I know nothing about, you know? Um, so some people need their hands held a little bit more than others. And um, it, it most, you know, most of the time it's just, you're on your own and they'll let me know if and when, you know, it, uh, they get engaged. Most times it's not. If you were curious, she is not a match mentor for neither me or Menachem. <laughs> that's, that's a case a that's thing. too a, hard to solve. Not a successful one, anyway. <laughs> you don't want any of that. Right. Well, I think this is probably better to keep a little bit of distance. Oh, like that. <laughs> again, recorded. Yeah. When's the last time Publicly I, admitted. When is the last time I suggested a match for you? I just like, it's probably a good that's idea to keep a little bit of right distance. There. Matching your children has got to be a great sin. Right, right. <laughs> Um, so many people have successfully found their matches that way. And, um, that's wonderful. Have you been able to endorse it as you, as, so you're one of the match mentors for saw you at Sinai. And so, well, not that, yeah, well, saw you at Sinai has a lot of sister networks, different ah, cities. Okay. So the one in, uh, Toronto is called Lev to Lev. Gotcha. Heart to heart. Okay. Lovely. Exactly. That's and, the only okay. parts of your body that should be anywhere near each other. <laughs> oh, clearly, I completely agree. Right. Yes. Very nice name. Beautiful name. <laughs> and <laughs> have you made any matches that you know of? I have a few couples that have been going out for four or five months now, which is very long. It's well, it they're actually long, yeah. they're not Orthodox, so they you know they could be living together. They haven't informed me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm I'm hopeful. Okay. Very cool. And <laughs> but Judy, on, the other they... hand, on the other hand, I never want a match to happen just because I suggested it. I only want it to, you know, like I want it to happen if it's the right thing for them. I don't push anybody in that direction. Judy, um, I, I want to ask one final question and it's, it's about marriage and I'm kind of looking for your philosophy on this 48 years of marriage and we may have covered it lightly already, but I want to be direct about it. You know, you've, you spent a lot of time being married, a lot of time thinking about it different experiences in marriage, seeing your children go through different, you know, experiences in marriage, longevity, as well as divorce and whatnot. And I'm just kind of curious, what is the number one, what's the most essential piece of advice, right? Or piece of wisdom, let's not even say advice, piece of wisdom, because that's about perspective, I think, and experience as opposed to a lesson that you want to teach yourself in the past. But what's the number one piece of wisdom that you could give any couple starting off, you know, on a marriage? I don't know how deep this is, but basically you're on the same team and you, yeah. And as if you realize that, that you're on the same team and there are challenges in life that come around inevitably, 
for either you, one of you individually or as a couple, you're on the same team. You deal with it together. Um, and I think that's pretty much, no, that's you know. very good advice. We're also on the same team, by the way. <laughs> Not as Let's obvious. hope. Let's hope. From your mouth to God. Maybe the here. same league. I don't know. <laughs> well, Judy, this has oh. been wonderful. Do you, do you have other questions, Sheva? Did you want to? No, I think I've heard enough. <laughs> Judy, Judy, now that you're an icon, uh, is there any way that people can get in touch with you if they want to be? No, there is not. Okay. Good to know. She's inaccessible to the public. <laughs> Why do you want to keep me all to yourself? I just want you all to myself. I don't mind, but I don't want to put my email address out there. Well, I if anybody too, wants to be in touch through, with my through, mom. Through my daughter. Yeah. Through, through our, our channels and also... If they're interested in Sayu at Sinai or Live to Live, those are, I'm sure, findable websites, right? Um, By the way, Judy, do you know how Chev and I met? I do not. A dating app? We did meet on a dating app. <laughs> yep. We actually seemed very suited to each other. <laughs> oh, look, match mentoring. Oh, match <laughs> Match mentoring live. Another notch in your belt there. I... I, yeah, well, I can't take responsibility for that, but I heartily endorse it. I mean, as opposed to the bar scene or something. Sure. Hey, why not? You highly, heartily, 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 hardly. Oh, no. I, I thought I heard hardly and I was like, what? Yes. No, I do endorse it. Okay. I think, I think, you know, like social media has a lot of negatives to it, but there are a lot of positives as well. And, you know, we, we try to take advantage of those as well. Why not? Agreed. Agreed. Endorsed by my mom. Get married. Get married. Final (laughs) word. Go on field and get married. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Judy, this has been wonderful. It's great meeting you, by the way. I think you're wonderful. Uh, I think Sheva and Menachem are both uh, very lucky and blessed to have you in their life. And let me just say, it's a pleasure working with Sheva. She's uh, got a great brain. uh, And uh, having this conversation with her has been really wonderful. So uh, thank you for giving birth to her and bringing her into this world. I don't know that. Oh, I'm playing the long game. appreciate that. Thank you. It was very enjoyable. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Friends, you can reach out to us on social media at the Jewish Divorce Project on Instagram and Facebook and reach out to us on email at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.